Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And Ori, we've got the continuation of Target Tasmania 2021. Well, as I said, Mick, in our last episode, you said, come to Tasmania, you will love Targa. It is a great event. But I was not going as a participant. I said, I'm happy to come along. I'm going to help Mario Lambrusciano from Veloce Motorsport, who's as, our technician. As part as, of the pit crew. As part of the pit crew. And I thought, oh, my wife said to me, what are you going to do? You don't even know how to change a tyre. I said, relax. Didn't relax. you take the tools from your 360? <laughs> I got the brand new toolkit and I didn't take it, thank God. But you're right. I've got all the tools ready to go. But I said, let's, let's, yeah, let me come and help you, Mario. What can we do? Teach me. Yeah. So normally Mario has been previously with fellow fellow-minded and experienced people, both mechanically and intellectually, in terms of, not that you're not intellectual no, there, Other mechanics, he said. Other mechanics and technicians that know their stuff. Yeah, that can use the tools. And right? normally it might actually be an extra two people. So this is, last time we went in 2019, he had two helpers. That's right. And he's telling me how they completely stripped the gearbox and replaced the gearbox overnight, how they completely uh, you know, dismantled an engine and re-put it back together overnight. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing That's here? That's not all in one target, though. Not all in one target. Anyway, he's giving me the experience of target. And I thought, I thought, pit crew, what do you need a pit crew when you go to target? I thought it was like Adelaide Rally, to be honest, mate. I didn't understand what it actually meant to have a pit crew. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Well, look, in terms of, uh, you know, pit crew, when you're doing a rally locally, you go to the rally, come home at night. Yeah, correct. So there, you're actually in the middle of nowhere, really. So you've got to be able to fend with all the stuff that you've got. Number one. But number two, I didn't realise that it was so gruelling on the cars. Like, I didn't actually, I hadn't been part of an event so gruelling, so painstakingly difficult on the vehicles to understand what, why you needed the pit crew. Okay, so when we started off in Launceston, what was your first recollection of what you had to do as part of a pit crew? So at the moment, I was there to enjoy the holiday that Mick said, you know, come and enjoy Tasmania. And then uh, I get handed a map of Tasmania, an old map that unfolded, was you know, as big as me. What and happened to Google Maps? Yeah, well, that's what I thought. I thought, beautiful, Google Maps, and we'll find what's going on. No, no, no. So then all of a sudden I'm studying the notes of the following day the stages the transit stages the tour stages where we're going and the map of Tasmania to work out what roads and what intersections and where we're going to meet the race car for either for refueling and there was mainly about refueling wasn't it? and if anything went wrong yeah so the day before we prepared the cars got all the stickers put them all on we put them on the tour car your car Mick we put it on the race car with David and Colin and uh, number Mario. plates number plates had to put them on hey how beautiful are they they're, they're nice number yeah. Yeah, number and plates. this one's not bent this one this time I brought it back unbent <laughs> uh, so prepared all the cars and then we started preparing you know the engine's pretty much done Mario had prepared that engine to perfection so there wasn't anything to be done there tyre pressures needed to be checked for the following morning so that was done every morning every every morning but this is day one so tyre pressures yep okay and David then told me he wants 27 at the front and 24 pounds at the back oh what's going based on the weather conditions tomorrow but we'll check them in the morning so I pumped up the tyres deflated the tyres I've done everything he said now then he gave me this bottle of Rain-X what's this stuff now now, write that on the screen, and if it rains tomorrow, which we're due for rain, he said, it'll just bead off. 
So I'm rainixing these windows inside and outside. Now inside was another anti-fog thing, which is a rain, but it was a rainix. Oh, product, rainix right? product. Yeah, rainix okay. product. So I'd never seen these products before. So I'm like, what's going on here? So we prepare these vehicles to be ready to be at park for him. So there's no relaxation. And we did it on your car we too, We did it in my car as well. That's right. So, you know, whilst we've got the race car ready, we're still getting the tour car ready also, refueling, checking the oil. So you're getting everything ready. And I thought, okay, this is going to be all right. I'm still in the back of my mind, what's this gearbox rebuild that we may <laughs> need to do? Because I don't know if I've got the right socket set to help Mario there. And then so we set out. We went to Park Firm. You had already set out earlier, Mick. So well, the tour guys normally go out earlier than the competition, mainly to dry the roads probably, but anyway. So you go out, you're done. But if anything happens to your cars, you could ring us if you needed refuelling or for any issues, you'd ring us. Oh, look, right? it, it, and on that point, Ori, I must admit, for me to take a, you know a 77 or a 74 Dino over to Tasmania, if I didn't have a crew that I was piggybacking off because he had a competition car, I wouldn't be taking that car. Yeah, I'd be taking a Toyota or something. Yeah. You know, to take a Ferrari there, if something goes wrong, what am I going to do? Very interesting. I mean, we met another friend of ours there who had a Ferrari that was had a bit of high fume coming into the oh, car. Oh, yeah the, yeah, the 308 GTB. Right. Race prepared. Race prepared. And so they, and they, and they come out, they come across without a pit without crew. Without crew. So, you know, Mario's asking him every morning, how can we help you? Is there anything we can do? And I love that camaraderie around, you know, uh, around the whole event. I thought it was fantastic. So we then go to Park Firm. And first thing, I get handed the gauge, check the tyre pressures again. Let's make sure the Rain-X is all on and we're good to go. Now, we'll see you at this point in time. So we can't obviously go on the stages, on the roads of the stages. We have to find another road, another so road because they're closed. to meet at a certain time. So now I'm working out distances, times, how long it takes. Now, I know that uh, David has a 55-litre tank of fuel. He gets seven kilometres per litre. So that's how many kilometres he's got in his tank. I know how long the first stage is. I know how fast he's going. I- Mick, is a lot of work. Ma- I've yeah. become a mathematician here. I'm working out the figures. So much so that on day one, we had set the refueling spot. We knew where we were going to go. And I get a text from the um, navigator, Kit. As lovely. in, yeah, yeah David's, David's navigator, David's Kit. partner. And she said, uh, we think we may need fuel. I said, no problem. We are, we've got the jerry cans in the back. Mario go. I said, where are you exactly? What part of the stage? NFI came back, Mick. No idea. No idea. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So Murray goes, what are we going to do now? I said, well, by my calculations, there's only one road they can come out of, and it was a C252. I'll never forget it. C252 out of uh, Sean. And I said, well, we'll catch them here. We'll have to catch them here. But then, obviously, you can't get into the stage because it's blocked off. So you have to wait on the other side of the stage. And we're waiting. Yep. We'll see you. We're going to make it. We're not going to make it. Well, guess what? They ran out of fuel, 800 metres before, before the, f- the finish line. So, And you were about eight or 900 on the other side. So we're literally 1.6 kilometres from them. That's unreal, isn't and it? And so that's how fine th- these guys are running their cars. How many kilometres can they do? And he miscalculated because he, he actually filled up the car thinking it was full. Because he filled up when we filled up. At, but uh, it was in the trailer. It was in the trailer. And so he, he wasn't aware that it wasn't quite full. Correct. He so- thought it was full. 
So these are the sorts of calculations these guys have to make is understanding, you know, it has to be fully full to get the 55 litres, to get the kilometres they want to do because it's all about time, speed, distance that they're travelling, you know, because you know, they're racing after all. That's right. So it's 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 an event that everything is calculated, especially for the competitors. And for the competitors that go without a crew, it, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, we're competitive. There was no... I thought it was going to be a little bit more, you know, let's have a bit of a boys' trip. It is a boys' trip and we had a great time at night and, you know, having dinner together and breakfast in the morning. and But, hey, it's serious. Yeah, I mean, not only that, we, we, you're talking about it at night, but we're in bed at 10. We're, we're not, yeah, exactly right. We're not on the beers or doing anything silly. Um, we're having dinner together, having a debrief over dinner and then, you know, but catching up. How about the issue we had with the uh, telecommunications for the two That's helmets? Right. Right? So they couldn't communicate. For day one and two, they couldn't communicate. So whilst we're trying to find the refueling spots in the stations, we're trying to find a communication set to put in the helmet at the next stage. So all these things that are happening throughout the day, it's hectic. It's it's a hectic day. And then the car comes back at night from the stage. Okay, we're debriefing Mario. How did it run? How didn't it run? Day one and two, fantastic. No issues. We're going to rotate the tyres now. We're going to have different tyre pressures. We're going to check the oil. We're going to refuel. Any rattles, just check if anything's gone wrong so and pretty, what to do. Pretty much every morning at Park Firm, we were doing tyre pressures, night and day. Rotation of tyres, we did most probably every second day. But um, all the preparation is... The straight after the they come back from the closed stage. You've got one hour to do any work you want on before your car. Before you put it in park firm. Before you put it in park firm. Uh, so we had an hour. So we're, I remember you were trying to say hello and have a chat. And no we one were, wanted to talk to me. No, we were working, Mick. We were working, getting things done, and you're checking to make sure that the car's ready. And then by day three, or, no, I think it was day four or five, there was a little bit of a – uh, David wasn't happy with the sound coming out at idle, so Mario's checking something in the engine, and we're and I'll never forget. I put my hand on the bonnet to check with Mario, as if I knew what I was actually looking at in the engine bay, Mick, and the engine just ceased. Well, I tell that you, was brilliant. I tell you, Mario looked at me. He goes, "Well, what's happened now?" And this is, you know, this is just after the lunch stage. He's still got half a day to go. And we looked at each other in complete shock until I lifted my hand and it was a kill switch that I actually... The outside kill switch. The outside kill switch. So we knew that worked, right? So I was just testing that. But that these are the sorts of things and levels of, you know... Um, preparation. Meticulous preparation yeah. that Mario goes through and his mind's constantly working throughout the whole day. He's thinking about the car, what's it doing, what's it revving at, and vice versa with you, Mick. What happened with your car? That's right. You know, the fans. Yep. Well, we got home uh, one of the nights. Uh, it was actually it was the day that we did six hundred eighty-seven kilometers or something, and my cooling system was perfect right throughout. But that night there, and I think it's not it's pretty cool outside, but my temperature was getting up not not substantially. It was still only just ninety ninety two, which is quite normal. But I said there's something quite wrong. So we get get back to our our Strawn village there, and. Uh, I said, I had a look, I left the motor running, I had a look, the fans weren't running. So we thought, no, let's not do it now. Mario said, that's right, we'll have, we'll have something to eat and we'll have a look at it and do it after. So, you know, little things like that, and we'll talk about how we, we fixed it, but little things like that make you more confident that you can go over and do something. But with the crew, so he'd look after the competition car, and Mario's actually said it, that his client is the car. 
it's all about the car. So if the car works and everything, that's all he can do. Yeah. All right. So, and he would do the competition car first. And then after there's, you know, 10 minutes to relax or whatever before the park firmy is over. Mind you, the tour guys can, there's no park firm for them. Then, you know, we can stay all back. night really. So then, you know, between yourself, Ori and, and uh, Mario and also Colin, he would look at what we're checking and not checking because mine does use oil. The, man, the book tells you you use 600, uh, 600 mil per thousand kilometres or whatever, but when you're pushing it, it might use a little bit more. And that, well, there's the, you need to really understand your gauges. You need to know what your car's actually doing. You really need For to sure. know your car in and out. And you do, Mick. You know your car better than anybody. And hence, we topped it up with oil before the target started. No problem at all. The fan, you notice it. So we're in a car park now. It's at night, half past cold. ten at night. It was freezing. Bonnet open. Mario, the most calmest technician. No problem at all. I think in the history of technicians, no problem at all. Just give him five minutes to think about something, and he will fix it up. While we're stressing, changing fuses, trying to find fuses, which we did. Yeah, which we did. So the first thing he did actually is um, he checked the fuse. And we checked the fuse box and there was one fuse that was burnt out, so no problem. Lucky I brought my spares because I was prepared. But he said, well, hang on, okay, the fuse is going and uh, we could have left it there. He said, okay, that's, you know. Uh, But he says, no, no, I want to see the fans come on. I want to make sure. So we had to get the car up to temperature. So I was ironing it up to temperature. But before he did that, he short-circuited the switch to get the, the fans to come on. So he knew the fans were okay. So the fans are okay, the fuse is okay, but he still wanted to get the car up to temperature so that they come on automatically. And they did. And they did. I mean, we got yeah, we got pneumonia whilst yeah, waiting matter. for it, but it doesn't matter. But, but we'd eaten, so we, that was okay. Yeah, so and that's the level of detail that goes every night with the car. I mean, the next day we were driving and we got a text from our race car, windscreen wipers not working. Oh, is that but right? It, was, I didn't, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't connecting, one. so on the side of the road through one of the transit stages, we had to stop. They quickly pulled in and we had all the pliers ready to go, whatever. Murray had already thought of what tools he may need and I was handing them. Sometimes the wrong one I got. Doesn't matter. One came back quicker than it went. and But, you know, he fixed up. It was the rubber had come loose in the little bracket. So and No problem. No Just problem. Quick tighten. little fix, bang, done, we are gone. So I had a complete understanding and appreciation of, of exactly it, these pit crews do what they do for target and and my recommendation to anyone thinking of participating in a rally like a target where you have to go interstate you need a pit crew yeah. oh look definitely especially interstate locally you can probably get away with it you know but if you go interstate you really do need a pit crew i mean i look at the guys that were bunking next to us at uh, launceston in their black 9 brilliantly prepared by the looks of it, the black and gold yeah, Porsche yeah. 944. Now, they had it on jack stands. There was about five of them yeah, working, on, working the car. on the car day and night. E- every time at night. When they yeah, could. Yep. Yeah, they had it all set up, whether it's, you know, in their hotel or, you know, outside their hotel or in a car park. They'd had it all set up. And some of the support vehicles that are going, vans oh, yeah, and trucks. Yeah. I mean, the Lotus team had a, a, a minivan, not a minivan, like a bloody semi, a mini semi going along with them. And, you know, fantastic. And I think you need these sorts of support crews with your spare tyres, which we had all the spare tyres. We had the spare fuel. We had a spare clutch. We had a spare gearbox. I mean, water Mario, pump. Water pump we bought across with ours. And there's, you know, what we didn't bring? A spare wiper blade, we realised. And Murray said, you know, where does it stop? 
But That's now right. we know. So you learn. We, we're going to do a debrief with Mario and say, okay, what can we learn? What should we have bought? We were missing an O-washer for something just in one of the carbies. was leaking a little bit of uh, fuel and we thought maybe we could cover that. So there's little bits and pieces, but you pretty much got to bring a spare car with you. Well, I don't know about a spare right. car, but uh, that's the uh, that's the factory teams. Yeah, the factory teams. <laughs> the factory do. teams probably do. But yeah, you know, I mean, like I remember myself making a list for 2019, and then when I did 2021, you just build on that list. And now we've made some notes with Colin Karate, some notes about hang on, what about these extra things for next year? Yeah. So you do learn, you, you know, as you go. But look, the crew, as I said. I wouldn't be doing Target Tasmania if I didn't have some support crew. Um, as I said, I'm piggybacking off Colin, um, well, look, Colin and David and Kit. But you guys are you guys are doing like I said, two and a half, two thousand six hundred kilometres for the whole event. Murray and I covered close to three and a half thousand kilometres because we're going different distance. That's different right. You're not going directions. straight. We're not going straight to. So saw a lot of Tasmania even though early in the morning it was a bit dark and late at night was a bit dark. Um, but there you go, late at night, one night, Mick, you came back, asked for fuel to help a fellow competitor out. What oh, happened there? Oh, that's right. Well, we were travelling back from one of the stages and a lovely Porsche, he just bought it. It was a 911, made to look like a 930 with the flared guards. Uh, it was a grey colour, nice nice grey. Uh, there was Ashley and Tony, they were in the tour group, so we were always, we we're probably similar in terms of pace. He was better out of the corners, I was better in the corners, so we were trying to keep together in our tour group, um, you know, behind Jimmy Richards. But he had bought that car locally from Richmond's here in South Australia, a lovely car. Hey, well, he had a couple of incidents. One, he couldn't shut the door the the lock got loose because these the couple of screws got loose Colin tried to help him with that they ended up sorting that out but one uh, one stage we were traveling back and we were behind them and they ended up stopping on the side of the road so we stopped stopped with them this is this is actually the long stage of 686 kilometers or something uh, long day sorry and um, I said what's happened because we were worried about our fuel load anyway we found out we stopped they ran out of fuel I said, okay, and what do we do? So you've got to help them. So we we took off, left them there, said we'll come back with a jerry can and give you some fuel. And we're talking 25 kilometres from the nearest – you were 25 kilometres from the service station. Correct. Because we were waiting for you to refuel. Yeah. But what we on the way back, there's these target fueling and that. There's you know a guy that comes around with his trailer. So there are times that they are around at the right spot. So we ended up filling our – our car, my Dino up, just to make sure we can get to the petrol station. Got to the petrol station, but that was closed and we wanted 98 or whatever. But, Ori, you were with Mario. Yes, and, uh, we were waiting. We had jerry cans ready to go. So, But that was funny, that one, wasn't it? Well, not really. But anyway, no, not so really. Mario didn't want to put the jerry can in the in the Dino because, you know, fuel smell and things like that. And, you know, I was thinking to put it behind the back seat. We didn't really think of the boot because we thought the boot wasn't big enough. Anyway, so you guys took off to go and meet these guys, which we said there's about 15 Ks from so the, the finish line. this is how important it is, you know, uh, information and when you give someone notes or tell them what to do, you have to be specific in these events because there's certain times we're waiting for the race car to come through. And you were guys, in that case, yes. Right, we were waiting for the race car to come through because we need to refuel them. We'll check, make sure they're all okay if they need anything. And so we were told to drive 15 kilometres to find this Porsche with no fuel. Well, we drove 15.6 kilometres and Mario said, I can't see no Porsche. The race car's now past us. We've got to go. They've got to We've got to go. Yeah. So we turned back and ended up giving you a jerry can, Mick. And how far was the... Uh, 
They were 16. They were about 16.6. So there wasn't far. So we we ended up getting the jerry can, putting it in the boot of the the Dino, so it fitted in there. And we went back there. Look, it it was really great to do. I mean, they appreciated it. Uh, And it's something, look, if we ran out of fuel, we would have hoped someone would have helped us. So, you know, that sort of stuff in, in these sorts of things, everyone wants them to finish, you know. So everyone, you know, looking to make sure they finish along with the other competitors. Yeah, correct. And I mean, and, and hence why I say at Park Firm and on the last day when we were in Hobart and you got to walk around all the cars and speak to all the command, people just wanted to have a chat and, you know, have a look at what's in your car and what's not in your car and how did you go and, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It is good. An absolutely fantastic event. And what about um, on the way back, you know, talking about how much we need to pick crews. I was so excited, well, um, on the Saturday afternoon because we got back early because our stages got cut for yes. whatever reason. I think they wanted to just cut it short. And so I said to Colin, I said, look, we'll go and get fuel and uh, you know, wash the car because the car was absolutely filthy. Anyway, I got a bit carried away with washing the car. I thought, well, it's got the engine clean. So I thought, well, I'll... I'll uh, do the engine bay. Do the engine bay. And I was trying to be careful because I didn't have anything covered. Anyway, we washed the car. Started up driving back to the hotel. I thought, uh-oh, I don't think it's running on uh, eight cylinders here. But uh, it was struggling a little bit. I'm thinking, okay, maybe it will dry out, whatever. Anyway, the, everyone was had it. So we take off the next day, which was the Sunday. Yeah, we're driving we're home now. Driving home. And uh, I was with Ori and Colin was with um, with Mario. And uh, no, that's it because yep. uh, David had gone with Kit. Anyway, we're driving home, driving home. And uh, I said, I rang up, or you text uh, Colin, I said, look, I'm running on, I reckon, six cylinders, not eight. Yeah, I, me, I, you, you turned to me and you said, you're putting your foot flat down and the car going was going nowhere, nowhere. Nowhere. It still sounded okay, not not like it normally would. Anyway, again, if we didn't have a pit crew, we stopped there, Mario got out his tools, undid the spark plugs, cleaned them all up with his gear, and away we go, Dried didn't miss out. a bit. Yep. Beat. And matter of fact, you should mention on the way back, we did 400 kilometres in half a tank. Well, no, no, not we, Mick. Okay, oh, sorry, so, this is, sorry. so then I was lucky enough to drive after that whole debacle. I said, Mick said, Here, you drive, give me a rest. So I said, No problem. So to a full tank in the Dino, which what do you normally get? I'm lucky to get with pushing, you know, a bit of intermediate driving, probably 280, maybe, maybe 300 Ks in a full tank. Now we know the tank is 80 litres. 80 litres. To half a tank, we got just below, well, 400 we kilometers. We got 400 Ks. I ended up getting home after dropping you off, and it was 400. I took a photo. There you go. 400 Ks to half a tank. That was unbelievable. And as Mario said, because you've cleaned out that the car probably needed something. I mean, the the sleeves or the you know the pistons might have been glazed a little bit. So that that work that we've done on the four and a half thousand Ks round trip at pace in some cases uh, did the world world a good. Absolutely. I mean. Yeah, you know, we stuck at 3,000 revs, about 100 kilometres an hour. Didn't miss a beat. Did not miss a beat. Did Although, not miss a beat. Uh, Travelling at night's not so good with those lights, so I've got to get them yeah. sorted out. It's Headlights, well, that's, that's for next time. <laughs> that's another. But anyway. No, but I have to say thank you, Mick, for allowing me to come and experience Targa. No, it was Ari, awesome. You were a blessing to the whole crew, the David, Kit, Mario and Colin loved you that you know because the good thing is the how much you your effort and you put in and the enthusiasm 
we had a great time. And even Colin said, look, he's been to a lot of targets, but this was fantastic, you know, even uh, even though he was a bit worried a few times when uh, yourself, Murray and I start having a chat and it's more like a, <laughs> a an angry, uh, well, Colin thought we were, you know, having- upset with each other, but... <laughs> It's the Italian waving. That's okay. Exactly right. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to leave it there, Ori. It's uh, it was a great great event. Uh, so thank you very much. And like always, you can reach us on the show at on email mickandori at gmail And there'll be some Instagram, and I think there'll be some extended highlights on on YouTube as well. So uh, remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>